Hey, what's going on? That's your man LP. And um, you about to tune into something, just a little bit of test with me and my man Joe. Um, something we're gonna call for right now, we're gonna call it to the contrary. And that's just because I'm hitting the record button. Hope you all enjoy it. Uh, this is volume one, just a conversation between him and I about reparations. All right, so get into it. All right, we live. So, so did we talk about what you want to call this show? Um, I would say conversation for woke folks. But come, on, we talked about this like just before we hit the record button. Like this is crazy. I don't identify for with being woke. Okay, what about a conversation for black folks? That's a, that is not intriguing. Um, what about? Food for thought. Ah, that's so mundane. Food for thought. All right. So my my idea that I have so far is um to the contrary. That's kind of mundane. I'm sure that there's a million people that got that idea. With the number with it, it's T W O the contrary, and I actually put it in, and nobody had it. We actually have a domain called To The Contrary on the podcast site right now called Podbean. There is not another one. Let me just do a Google search here real quick, and I'll check it, and we'll see if there's something called To The Contrary. Okay. Let's see if that's out there. Huh? Somebody has a Tumblr. Called to the contrary, and, um, but yeah, it's just a collection of pictures. Oh, uh, with hey, I'm about to click in Maurice right quick. All right, go ahead. Okay. Can you hear me, bro? Yes, sir. You know, we're actually you're being recorded right now. We are. We were working out the kinks in our podcast uh, that we might be working on. Okay. And uh, can you believe that that Larry doesn't consider he doesn't identify himself as woke? What is what happened to your sound quality, Joe? I don't know. How about now? It's just it's crackly. I don't. I'm not sure what happened, but it just dropped off. But it's okay. We'll we'll work with it. Listen, does Maurice identify himself with being woke? I don't know. It depends on your definition of woke. Okay. Woke is so a socially conscious black person or a person who has a sensitivity for things beyond their own identity. And I would definitely consider myself woke, but I wouldn't I would consider... I would think Larry would... I would say you would consider yourself woke as well. If you're using that definition, see here, but when I go to Urban Dictionary, this is what they have. Under woke, here's a definition. A state of perceived intellectual superiority one gains. When what? That's one of the definitions that they have. But the other definition, one gains, gains, G-A-I-N-S. Um, here's another... The only problem with that is one word. There's only one word that's a problem with that. Superiority. Superiority. Yeah, I'm not comfortable with that either. Okay, so that, but that is, but that is here, that, therein lies the rub, right? Is most people... That's not the official definition. It's it's not, but it's not, but let me, let me finish here. What I'm saying is most people that you interact with online, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, social media, that describe themselves as being woke, they they come across like they're superior to other individuals. And that's what I disagree with. That's what I don't identify well, with. I mean, but that but that that is your impression. That is not mine. I mean I mean, well let's see. Let's see. Over dictionary. Uh, getting, let me see, take a look here. Just look at a regular, just look at a regular dictionary. Uh, well, I'm looking at the urban dictionary. Um, with, uh, 
although the correct, although an incorrect tense of a wig, it's a reference to how people should be aware in current affairs. All right, so listen, would you say that most liberals are woke? How is good? It's, it's, well, it depends, because like my research is panning out, I mean, like the white supremacy was enabled in the, in the 1940s and 50s. White supremacy, the white supremacist ideology was enabled by the liberals of that time. So those liberals actually enabled uh, segregation all over the country in places where there wasn't any. So those liberals who so desperate to get something done, they actually enabled white supremacy all over the country by the passing of the Housing Act in 1965, which uh, it, while it gave a lot of poor people housing, it was it, it allowed segregation. So most of the, the tenements that went up were all black or all white, and over time, and it, while simultaneously building suburban housing that black people were prevented from buying, so that over time the, the white people stopped living in the all white tenement, you know, projects in the inner city and went to get housing in the suburbs, which appreciated, which they then sold and got rich off of, and the white, black people renting in low-income projects became more and more popular. So those white people weren't broke, but damn, where did everybody to go? So here. And that's what's in that Cato Institute study that, uh, and then that, that further coincides with, with a simultaneously where laws were being passed that disfranchised black people, simultaneously banks were redlining and blockbusting along with the real estate industry. While simultaneously police were, you know, being brutal and, 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 and uh, enforcing white supremacist ideology. While simultaneously, the education system became more and more segregated. And for that reason, when you look at the, that, that, that suit of, 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 of racism, you see why black people deserve reparations. Is it reasonable to expect black people to get reparations in 2018? Is that reasonable? Well, when you, when you, is it reasonable? Yes, because you, well, let me tell you, let me ask you this. Well, I'm not going to answer, I'm not going to play a game and answer your question with a question. I'm going to tell you flatly, yes. Because the reason why reparations are needed is because the social, the income inequality have gotten so far out of whack that it, I mean, according to economists, it'll take 200 years for uh, low-income blacks to catch up. So Here's the problem, though. That's, that's, uh, excuse me, let me cut you off right there for one second because this is something that's been growing and I'm seeing more and more of because I'm, I'm actually in and out of, you know, these projects and what have The biggest problem with a lot of our people being impoverished is not because, I mean, don't get me wrong, you're absolutely 100% correct that there's a disparity between most Black men in management as compared to most white men in management. We all realize that. There's a disparity. We haven't caught up yet. We're doing better, but we still haven't caught up. But the reason why we have a lot of people that are impoverished is because we're impoverished ourselves. We are taught that, oh, I can't wait to get my expected apartment so I can have my own place, and I ain't got to pay but $40 a month or $20 a month. Oh, I can go buy my shoes and stuff like that, but I can be on pimp. Well, I ain't got an income, so I ain't got to worry about paying the utilities. That is a culture that's being passed down. Well, I totally agree with you. I mean, that that was the most insidious thing of, do you know the war on poverty that was passed by white liberals, Lyndon, Lyndon B. White or Johnson, and white liberals, I mean, it was passed by white liberals, but the 
ideology, the underpinnings of it, was based upon white supremacy, white supremacist ideology. Like, take the male out of That was the cardinal sin of the, of, of the war of poverty, was to purposely remove black fathers from the home. And then you see a cultural collapse. We actually did, we're doing better doing segregation and before the war of poverty as compared to after the war of poverty. And the reason why that is, I mean, you really got to look at history and understand what happened to black people. It wasn't by accident. It was by design. I mean, first of all, the, the, the modern-day Republicans that we see today are actually, or, or at least the Southern Democrats, are, went over to the Republican Party. So the Republican Party that we see today is was the Democratic Party back in the 60s for the most part. And there were a lot of, if we, if we can agree that there are white supremacists and Nazis in the Republican Party, that there are people in the white, in the Republican Party that identify with white supremacy, those people were in the Democratic Party back right. in the, the, the 50s and 60s. Well, that's the uh, flip-flop right, right after Lincoln. That's when they, the party kind of flip-flopped. Well, I, I would say it flipped a little bit later after that. I would say well, after the, the passage of the Voting Rights Act of 1965, where Lyndon B. Johnson said, well, the Democrats, we've lost the South. And a lot of the Dixiecrats at that time crossed over to the Republican Party. And if you go back a step back before then, with the Housing Act of, of that time, which enabled, well, actually it was of the 50s, because it was right after the New Deal. Right after the New Deal... When uh, most of these 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 uh, public projects that that moved uh, black folk, I mean, moved the country out of the depression, a lot of these things, a lot of those projects were 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 segregated. Like you know, the housing projects, they were segregated. Where there wasn't segregation, as Langston Hughes said, he grew up in an integrated neighborhood. It's, it's, you know. And that was what me and Art Larry was arguing about before, is that, I mean, segregation didn't always exist in the North, and especially in the West. It might have always existed in the South, but it didn't always exist in the North. And, it, and what happened to make the black neighborhoods in the North that was pretty much more enlightened than the South, it was the government policies that was passed after the New Deal all the way up to the 1960s. Because, you know, and uh, you can look up that's a nice historical record, but I give up the floor. Oh, no, you good. The point I was getting at is that, that you know, the housing, I mean, public housing, it was by design, mm -hmm. you know, and it, 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 there was no question about it. It was by, started by a Democratic president. You're absolutely correct there. Mm -hmm. You know, but the thing is that it, it's like, uh, it's, it's like a slave mentality. It's what we've been come to. Uh, well, uh, let's, go, let's go back to that. I mean, I don't mean to cut you off, but that is so important. Let's talk about what a slave mentality is. And where did it come from? First of all, Willie Lynch, which is an actual person, yes. actually, actually designed the system for slave rape. And he said, if you follow these instructions, and if you ever read the Willie Lynch letter, Tell me you don't see that that a correlation between what what has happened. And this was passed out to slave masters, and it's the principal underpinning, it's the principal for, uh, training manual for white supremacists uh, around the turn of the century, or two centuries ago. But here's the problem with that, because again, but, but he said, but the one last thing before I, I let you speak, Maurice, he said that this will last 300 years. And damn near it's last. He said, if you teach this, if you teach your slave this, not only will your slave be a good slave, but he'll love you for it. Okay, what are we talking What are we talking about? Like, what are we talking, talking about, about here? I, 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 like, okay, is this, a, is this not a conversation that we've had before? Is this not a conversation every black person has had before about the Willie Lynch letter or whether or not we should get reparations? 
All of that stuff is conversations that we've had, and that's my only no, point. No, that's no, yeah, no, that, it is. It is. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about from the standpoint of well, they should do it because it's 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 uh. Well, let me let me let me let me stop. Let me ask you a question, man. Can I finish Why my thought? Can I finish Why my thought? Can I okay, finish good. my thought? My point being is that we're at a point where in America you cannot expect the vast majority of Americans which are not sympathetic to African-American-centric causes to vote to pay African-Americans some reparations. That's number one. Number two, if you let me, can I finish my thought? Because I let you go on for five minutes uninterrupted. The number right. number two. So number two, if you haven't read the Willie Lynch letter, you need to just stop what you're doing right now. Go read and educate yourself on Willie Lynch and get caught up so that you can have a so that you can participate in an educated conversation. Because you can't begin to participate in this level of dialogue unless you've read stuff like the Willie Lynch letter. I'm ready to move past all of this and really deal with where we are right now. All right, Larry, are you done? Yeah. Okay, now, let me go back. Because what I'm saying, or was saying, it is coinciding exactly with what you're saying now. See, I'm going to take it back just a step further before we get to right now where we are today. But I also have to go back to the slave mentality, whether you want to, you know, Reference the way Lynch letters were happening. Yes, that was a manual to basically enclose our mind. Exactly what it was. The problem that I have is that in 2018, and this is why it's interesting that we're talking about the topic of being woke, because many of us in 2018, regardless of if you gave us reparations, you can give each one of us 40 acres of mule and $200,000. And the first thing that a lot of us are going to do is we're going to go out, we're going to buy rims, we're going to buy Tim's. By case in point, we go to the project. I go to the project almost every day because my aunt still lives right across from Garden Valley. And you will not see more Tim's, more different colored Timberlands, more Jordan, uh, U-verse cable, in these low-income housing they don't pay rent, they don't pay life, they don't pay gas, and don't get me wrong. I'm not hating. I'm not hating. Because if that's the lifestyle that you choose to live, so be it. But the problem that I have is that you're basically raising a culture that that's acceptable. So even if we were to give reparations, what would we do with them? If you're not educated on finances, if you're not educated about putting different of your money away for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, when you got somebody that'll take 10%, uh, you know, and it, I call it the old folks, they'll take 10% and pay past their church. Some of them can't even keep their lights on, but they go make sure that 10% go to church. Well, if you can afford to do that, God bless you. But how about taking 10% and put it in your, your, put it in your mattress if you don't put it in the bank? We have to change our thing. To me, that's what being woke is about. So if somebody were to give us money, what happened with Katrina? Um, money was given out for, to, to Katrina victims. That money wasn't used to, you know, buy them the masses as far as food and shelter. That money was basically stolen by the shit that people didn't eat. So we have to be careful when we say we're owed something because what we, we are owed, what we deserve, it's well, well, no government's gonna give you that. Well, I mean, I totally, I totally agree. I mean, and I, I, I was, I was, I was second what you just said. What you deserve, and what, 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 now, what did you say again? What you deserve, and what? What people need is enlightenment, not not reparations. Well, 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 let me go. Let's, I, 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 I'll, I'll beg you this. I mean, first of all... How can you beg to differ with that? Well, can I finish? 
if you look at every other ethnic group that went through some type of, of level of injustice in America, everyone, the American Indians, the Japanese, when they, when they interned, um, I can't really think of, I mean, you could go, I'll, I'll pull the, the list up, but the list goes on. I mean, all these people got, got repaired somehow. I mean, Israel, we didn't even do nothing to Israel. I mean, to the Jews. It was the Nazis. But we went and we stole Palestine from the Arabs to repair what happened to them during World War II. Um, what was ever done, I mean, to repair African Americans for 400 years of slavery, 200, well, 150 years of Jim Crow that continues to the day, because Jim Crow, to me, ain't over with. I mean, for so, my grandmother, your is, grandmother, I can't tell you like we, but we've talked about this. What was ever done? We, but we talked about this. Like this is, I mean, this to me is the most redundant circular conversation ever. I can't continue to do it. Who's going to vote for black folks to get reparations? You tell me who those people are. I mean, ultimately, what I see happening is ultimately where enough people understand what actually happened. When you look at the systematic racism, see, that's the problem. I mean, no offense to you, Larry. Can we answer, can we answer the question? Can we not I go circular? You, you have being rude. I'm being rude because we've gone on, literally, this has been well, going no, for, no, me, this has been, we've been going for 20 minutes on the well, same well, topic. I mean, but, but, but basically, you don't even know what you don't know. I am telling you for a fact that a think tank, KO Institute, have laid, I mean, multiple think tanks have laid out how the, the United States government conspired against African Americans where they put in place the, the systems and, and what we have right now. They, they knew that if you put rats in a maze, right, and you lock them in there, they start to kill each other. They knew all this. What would happen? And it's not just like, it's like telling a person that's bipolar or schizophrenic to get over it. I mean, they have to get over it. I mean, I would venture to say that most African Americans have post traumatic stress disorder. Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, I thought I lost y'all. I cut my car off and it got all quiet. I'm 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 waiting for Joe to I'm waiting for Joe to answer the one question I asked. What was the question? Who's who? What Americans are going to vote for reparations? I think over time, as people get more and more conscious, just like people aren't woke enough to understand that you don't let people have semi-automatic assault rifles, but over time, people figure it out. Now this this thing this thing is what is the cardinal sin of America. Wait a minute, hold on, back up. You don't mean semi-automatic, you mean fully automatic. Semi-automatic weapon just fires one time. Well, no, well they they well fully automatic is outlawed. They can do you can do semi-automatic. I mean, the AR-15. I don't think it is a semi-automatic weapon. Yeah, it is. Mm. So they, I mean. But, but, I mean, you so can adjust them, yeah. Go ahead. I mean, I had to get off this. I had to get off topic. Go ahead. Yeah. But the, the point of it is, is that people have to reach a level of, of, of enlightenment to understand the other person's plight. That's why I said a woke person will see past their own identity and do something for the good of the, the collective good. Yes, the, the people, white people today, who don't even acknowledge white supremacy when they're looking right at it, but I, I bet you to say that over the course of time, the majority of people will become more woke and understand what they're looking at. So, Joe, 
Well, let me. That I have as a black man, and you know, I mean, if we could. You talk to reparations to find black. Because from my perspective, black was designed as, I mean, uh, defined at one point as being one thirty second percent black, you're black. Now, I'm not exactly sure how many damn generations you got to go, but master has crept into, you know, your great, 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 great grandparents' hut. Well, what's going to happen is, as soon as you find, first, I mean, as soon as you say, okay, we're going to provide reparations for all people of color, or let's just say black people, because Indians are people of color, Mexicans are people of color, let's just say black folks. All of a sudden, guess what? Donald Trump just found out that he's black. So is he entitled to reparations? Well, that's a great question. Because that we already have a historical example of that. The Compromise of 1855, which was a bunch of white people, which enabled people to get special privileges because they were Native Americans. And a bunch of white people jumped over and became Native Americans. And what the hell happened to all the dark-skinned Native Americans? They just don't. Right. So, I mean, there is historical evidence for that. I mean, I'm not saying the, 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 the problem of of fixing institutional racism in America and structural poverty in America as it affects black people is going to be solved by writing them a check. I'm not saying that. I mean, I am saying that however it's repaired, there needs to be some type of remedy for what happened to us. As a people, as a people, there needs, I mean, and I would even go to say that the bigger problem is probably the fixed poverty as a whole. You know, where you where you look at the Appalachians, where you look at the poor whites and anybody below, below it that's afflicted by poverty. That needs to be addressed because that's what the war on poverty was supposed to do. But what it actually did, it helped. It helped. You know, it helped poor whites. But because of certain caveats in the in the in the war on poverty. Black people got worse off than they were before. So if we do it again. We need another war on poverty, this time without the white supremacy. Nobody got nothing to say? I, re I really don't, because you never answer my question. Yeah, I mean, you, you never, gonna, you I never, did, I, I we, we're now, did. we're now 27 minutes in, and I've only ever said three things. Yeah, no, you just don't like my answer, but that's your fault, not mine. I you well, said, I'm a, I'm gonna, gonna I'm gonna, gonna I'm gonna, gonna wait a minute, that's I've that's listened, that's literally, I literally listened to you now for 27 minutes. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say what I want to say now. I ask you, who's gonna vote to give black people repar repar reparations? Is it white people under 18? Are they okay with mortgaging their future and their tax dollars and paying black folks to give us reparations? Is it white people between the ages of 25 and 42? We know it's not white people over the age of 50. So you tell me which group of Americans are going to go ahead and put part of their their check and their tax dollars away every single pay period to pay us for reparations. Because the bottom line is, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, and you can beat the drum and say, we are, you owe us money for what you did to us because it was wrong, and the government did it, and we all know the government did it. The government did it. They were wrong. They planned it. They're still doing it. Jeff Sessions is still opening up additional private prisons to continue slavery in 2018, and that's that's something that you that's that's something that you can address right now. But we're sitting here talking for 20 minutes about reparations. Well, just because you disagree with it and you decided to go uncle Ruckus, don't mean it, it ain't gonna happen. 
I'm Uncle same Ruckus. People. I'm Uncle Ruckus because I'm tired of focusing. You're going, I'm, I'm tired going, of focusing. I'm tired of focus. Wait a minute. I seriously listened to you for 20 minutes preach to me about stuff that you know I know already. It's not even 20 minutes. Well, first of all, I, I answered your question. You just refused to listen to my answer. I said, woke folks. Yeah, that's a that. Oh, that's a good answer. Okay, all right. So, so when I ask you, you know, when I ask you who who likes Air Jordans, you're gonna answer people. I mean, come on, that's the most generic answer ever. You're not being specific. These aren't real answers, and it's a pipe dream. It's not something well, I, that's I was, I was that's can I finish? Can I finish? Yeah. It's not something that's grounded in reality. It's not something that you're going to get the Senate and the Congress and the President to sign off on. Hell, we have countries that we've completely exploited. We know we exploited those countries. It cost us way less to fix the situation in Cambodia that we put them in than it would cost them to pay black folks reparations. And they won't even fix the situation there. What makes you think that they're going to pay the millions upon millions of black people here reparations when we won't fix places that we completely fucked up? Well, I mean, because that is the white supremacist mindset that we've dealt with for the past 400 years. What we need to do is that, like, like that's why the whole conversation was started with being woke. And I said I identified those people that see past their own identity and maybe rise above white supremacy if they're white. Those are the people. I will be our children, and our, maybe our children just one or two things are going to happen. Either woke folks are going to fix it, or the racists are going to throw black people back in slavery. That's what's black. But we're not far from slavery now, today. We're enslaved within our own minds. And that's why you have so many people in, uh, you know what, and here's the funny thing. If you've driven through any neighborhood lately, you notice you don't see um, as many Garden Valley projects anymore. You don't see where I grew up on 40th anymore as a project, per se. I grew up in Brick City. That's where I started. Brick City, where you had a brick building, basically, that was full of little small apartments. Now, you got basically condos. You've changed the housing. You've made it more beautiful. That's a beautiful thing. But you still have the same Negro mentality within those buildings. That's why I say you can give from each black person a million dollars. But if you don't give him the mindset to know what to do with it, he won't be broke and back in low income housing again within a very short period. Oh, no yeah, different than somebody winning the lottery. Well, I, I would like to respond by bringing on somebody a little bit younger than either one of us. Anyone on this phone? I mean, because the person I that I would like to bring on the phone was telling me he sees in the young people something that neither one of you are talking to is the fact that young people today, the millennials, they don't see race. They don't even see gender. I mean, they and they want to know why the world is the way that it is, and they want to improve it. Can I bring on a person? Oh, by the way, by the way, they, and this is what I just went to go pull up. You do understand that the, the way that America is skewing, the way that it's changing, is that we are, you're not going to have as many pure uh, Caucasian individuals. You're going to have a much higher percentage of Hispanic people, a much higher percentage of Asians, and a much higher percentage of Black folks. Do can we agree? Can we agree on that? So now, so can I? Can I ever? Can I ever? We can't do a show if I never get to finish a thought and you get to interject something completely different. Ever. I mean, we can't do it. We just can't do it. So the, the the point being is that if the younger generations don't see race and race is mixed more heavily moving forward, why in the world would they look at the stressed reparations as being that much more valuable in the future? They wouldn't. 
Well, let me just answer that with what I just told you. I said, you're right. If you're just saying, hey, let's repair black people. Some black people don't need to be repaired. Oprah don't need to be fixed. Maurice don't need to be fixed. But the people in the hood do. And and the culprit, that, that what the white supremacist tool was, was poverty. I mean, if you trace all that slave mentality back, it's being bereft of basic needs, basic education, basic understanding of the world around us, and they just, you just go for, but anyway, fix poverty. I mean, I would feel, I would feel that would be fair reparations if they fix poverty in America. So, Joe, no, you, there should not be any poverty in America, is what you're saying, is that correct? Not structural poverty. Some, somebody's always somebody's America always gonna is no longer socially as mobile as it used to be. Somebody's always gonna have money and somebody's not gonna have money. Right, but there but there are systematic things that you can do to make the, uh uh America more socially mobile. So I mean, are you I mean, those and, things, so those things that are impeding social mobility Give a program that will help that. I mean, uh, a better social safety net to help pull people out of poverty. <laughs> educational system. <laughs> I'm waiting on your rebuttal. You waiting on my rebuttal? I mean, this is, I'm tired of talking about it. it it's its like, its I really, I really am. I'm like, I just, I'm worn down at this particular point. And I got to be honest with you. This is why I don't identify with being woke. This, I mean, because it's like, it gives me a headache. It, so <laughs> it's like, yes, well, yes, I mean, we I, I can limit, can I, can I, 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 I finish? Like can I finish? Okay. So... Okay. It's not that we don't agree on the topics. We disagree of where to direct the energy from it. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't take it personal, the fact that you disagree with me. I just think that, you know, we, we do have a different viewpoint because I, I, I'm looking at different information than you. I mean, if I were to show you the information and you would really look at it, I mean, maybe your opinion would change. I mean, I'm saying that you're, I mean, I'm not, I would never say that you, I mean, you're one of the smart people I know, but I'm looking at something else that you're not looking at. I mean, when you look at this laid out over a period of time, it becomes incontrovertible that, you know, that it's going to take more than just me just willing my way out of it. If I'm, if I'm in, if I am a uneducated African-American male, or if I'm born in the poverty as a black male in the inner city right now, while, yes, 10% of those people will get out, the 90% of those people will go on and have another generation that'll be in poverty, and another generation, and another generation. And, and, and it's a cycle of poverty that needs to be broken because what caused it? I mean, if you look at the statistics, they say that the average... A white person has half a million dollars in assets which compared to $80,000 in, in for, for minorities. And you say, where did that disparity come from? And you look at the, the government programs that aided and abetted that, that the, the gap between white and black incomes weren't that big 200 years ago. Can we, I mean, what are we, what are we doing? Are we still on the same topic? Like, are we still talking about the same thing? Now you're rude. The conversation doesn't stop when you say so, Larry. But here, I mean, we're I I'm trying to have a conversation, but we're 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 speaking words, but we're not having an exchange of thoughts. So because your your only exchange is that I don't agree because you don't have any information. That's not that's not true. I asked you specific questions. And you gave me general answers, and then said, no, "You just I, I mean, do I do I get to finish?" I asked you specific ahead. questions. You gave me general answers, and then when I said the answer is too general, and you said you just don't like it. So 
that's where we're at right now. We're still talking well, about well, I mean, white folks. We're, we're still talking about. We're ask me why I say that. We're still because we're still that, talking that about to where the conversation even started in the beginning. But we're still talking. I mean, we're still talking good. about. We're still talking about the damage that white folks have done in the past and how they can repay it in the future. And I, if you can show me a practical plan to get that done, I'm on board. What I'm not on board, what I'm not on board with, what I'm not, what I'm not on board with is sitting around talking about it over and over again now for 40 minutes. 40 minutes and but seven you're, seconds I'm, now. But you're, I'm sure in the issue. Because the conversation started. And if I'm wrong, correct me. With a conversation about what is woke. And I want to draw back to that. Because that is very important. That's why I got so strongly defensive of it. It's because woke is a community. Just like you got white people and black people, you got a woke community. And when people say, when people say that I don't look at color and they actually do that, and they actually look at issues affecting people above a color line, what is the right thing to do here for this person? And it's not based upon any ideology, but just the justice. Those are the people. Those are woke people, and those are the people that will fix the problem. So, if we're talking about fixing the problem, I'm a walking example of fixing the problem, okay? I volunteer my time to mentor kids and always have, and you know that, number one. Number two, in deed and in act, when I'm in positions to hire people and hire minorities, I do just that. My hiring practices show that, and Maurice can tell you that. You look at the people that I've brought in. It's not just an old boys club like it was before. It's a mixed environment, and I continue to do that. So if you can show me a plan to actually move forward and get reparations and not just talk about how they're needed, that's something different. But I don't see a plan yet. Can I speak? Lawrence Bruce, do you have anything to say before I go into what I'm going to say? No, go right ahead. All right. Don't let the improbable be the enemy of the possible. First of all, in order to come up with a plan, you got to first understand the problem. You're asking me to tell you the answer to the problem we haven't even defined the problem. First. I mean, how did it even get to be about you? I mean, I never insulted you personally. I mean, where did all this I shit come from? I, when that's how the conversation started. It started with, I don't identify as being woke. And you and and you that was the first thing you said when I pressed the record button. Maurice, can you believe Larry doesn't identify with being woke? And this is the exact reason why I don't identify with being woke. I'm a problem solver and I solve problems. And this was one and I've identified ways that I can impact the culture and impact other generations and I'm doing that every day. Now, we can sit around and talk about how terrible things were, or we can take action. And I'm a person that takes action. Well, uh, can I respond to that? Can I respond to that? Maurice, did you have anything you wanted to add? No, 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 no. Larry made a point. You got a rebuttal to it? So, no. Go respond. Okay, my rebuttal is this, Larry. First of all, part of the problem with black people, black the black community in general, and I'm gonna go back. I'm leaving the world community and I'm walking back to the black community. This is where we well, hold, on, get, hold on, I gotta stop you right there before you continue because that's fair to say you're leaving the world community as if they are superior. And then going back to the black community. No, no. I'm saying that they are different. I'm making differentiation of what I'm about to say. Let me just finish it and you see where I'm going. I mean, in our community, right, the black community is not a monolithic community. 
Even though oftentimes we both we will move as a monolith to do certain things, but overall, you got very conservative people in the black community, you have very liberal people in the black community. You have people that don't give a fuck. I mean, until I mean, I think we can all agree until we can define the problem where we can where, where we can articulate the problem. I think you're right. They won't you won't get an answer because you can't you haven't defined the problem. To me, what needs to happen is that we both got to be looking at a common set of information. I mean, if I'm talking about something that I've looked at and I believe to be true, and you're looking at something that you don't believe to be true, or you don't even accept my information as as true or true. I mean, you when I was talking about the Cato Institute, you said fake news. Okay, you're Joe. First off, I was I was just egging you on during that conversation. That's sort of a buzz term. I find it to be hilarious, and that's what I did there, just to kind of egg you on. And that's fine. But you haven't said anything that's not common knowledge. This is all stuff that's in the history books. We all know the history and all this stuff. I just repeating it to me when I know it already drives me nuts. Well, you said, when I tried to point out to you that the government was directly responsible for segregation in the North and, and basically all over the country, they created, like, the reason why there's I'm, black people on I'm one not, side of town and the I'm not willing, as a, as a direct, I am not willing, result, I am, I, I am not willing to get into that again with you over and over again. But, like, wait no, a minute, that, 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 wait a minute, I no, I know because I no, no, because we've been going on for almost an hour now. No, but I'm saying that if you can't, if, if I'm telling you, that, I'm not willing to have that. And, and you, I'm and not you, willing and, and to have this conversation with you. If you it just, why it I'm just. What I'm saying, this I'm is trying, one I'm point. I'm just. That I believe it to be true. That's fine, Joe. You can, can you can continue to reference that one. We can continue to disagree disagree on that one. I agree with everything you else you said, but the bottom line is this: I don't want to have that same discussion over and over and over again about stuff that we agree on. Now, if you simply want to hammer home, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're saying I agree with everything else except for the most important thing that I. The most important thing that you came up with is that the government is, a, is responsible for racial segregation. If it hadn't been for the government, we wouldn't have racial segregation in the North. That's correct. And you believe that with all your heart. I, I mean, I have research. I have, I have proven research. And, and here's the thing. If, if I show you that that is a true statement, would that change your opinion? Who 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 is the government, Joe? The federal government. Who is the federal government made up of, Joe? And it wasn't just it wasn't I just swear, federal government. I as swear, a whole I swear. I ask questions and you don't answer. It was specifically it was specifically the housing, the health and human and, and human service department of the of federal government, Larry. Who are who who holds those offices, Joe? You act like these aren't people. Well, they're American people, and that is why reparations are needed. That was a crime done by the American people to black people. Yeah, excuse me, I have to go meet for a second. Okay. But if, if the federal government did something to black people. Joe, this happens. Are you aware that this happens all around the world? This is not unique to America. There, there's segregation that happens everywhere around the world, and it's always based. It's based on different things, but it's the same practice, and it happens everywhere. Well, no, not to the, not to this extent, Joe. The, the, the principle, Joe. The Joe, even in Africa, even in Africa, between black folks, there's segregation between black folks of the same race in Africa. This is a this is a point like you keep hammering it home and it drives me nuts when you know how society is and you know how the human nature works. 
people find a way to discriminate against other people based on anything, it'll be based upon the fact that my index finger is longer than your index finger. Well, if, if that's the thing that we'll be doing. No but listen, I'm, what I'm, the bottom line there's is, no the, can, let, listen, I really have only interjected seldomly in this hour-long thing. The bottom line is this. I, you keep hammering home. We can't come up with a solution until we can agree on what the problem is. Well, you said the solution is reparations. My question to you was, how do we get reparations? Who's voting for those reparations? You said woke okay, people. I, you said well, woke I, people. I, okay, and here I got another one for you. Hey, no, but you address you not. But you're you're moving. This is a moving conversation. You don't ever address what I'm saying. You just move on to something else and then go on a diatribe for 15 minutes. Who's going to vote for reparations? I feel that the American people will one day. But we already talked about this. The, the demographics for Americans is changing. Mm -hmm. Asians are, are overcoming the new immigrant population. Then behind them are going to be the Hispanics. And behind Hispanics are black folks. And less and less people, wh white people will no longer be a majority. They're going to be 46%. Those are the demographics so, put out by the government. They're not, so it's not, millennials don't identify with race anymore. So at what point are people going to vote for reparations? Well, I think that over time, I mean, maybe not now. That's why the, left, the um, well, I believe the Supreme Court will. I mean, hey, guys, I'm sorry, I got to cut in. <laughs> I apologize on the note, but I was telling uh, the, the young lady, and it's mighty funny. And I wish I had to took y'all off of mute at that time because I was explaining to the young lady and the young man at Giggo, what our conversation was about. And it's very funny because there's one, the young man in there, you know, you can tell he's a millennial and he's uh, not the most masculine of fella. <laughs> but, you know, he still had a opinion. You had a young lady in there who was very much more masculine than he but she was of the mindset of, and it is two people in there. One person had the mindset and pretty much had almost the exact same argument that Joe has. And then the young man in there had more the mindset of Mary. And she was saying, well, if you look at all the other minorities, the Indians and what have you, they were all given, you know, some type of reparations for things that they did and blah, blah, blah. And the other guy was, well, but you have to look at what they would actually do. So I reminded him. You know, I asked her, I said, do you remember Hurricane Katrina? She was like, yeah. I said, do you know what the government did for Hurricane Displaced Hurricane Katrina victims? She said, yeah. I said, many of them were displaced, but a lot of them did not use the money for what it was intended for, although some did. But it was a vast amount of millions that were blown on cars and, and you know, things that did not amount to the displacement. She didn't have an answer for that. And he was basically, I'm saying, long story longer, is it's just interesting because when you present this topic and you actually explain both sides of the argument, you will get more people to, in my opinion, what I define as wake up, at least address the issue. And Larry, where I agree with you, and I don't, it doesn't I disagree with Joe, but Larry, where I agree with you is, Let's solve the problem. Let's not talk about it. It's just giving me, you know, in, in the bipartisan opinion, just giving me money isn't solving anything. But making a difference, you know, teaching me, educating me, that's a well, part of the poverty. Well, that's what I, I, I tried to correct when I was saying that reparations is not about a, a check being mailed out to people. It's about social policy. You got to understand that so uh, urban policy for the last 100 years has been stacked against black people. This is not, this is uh, uh, 400, 500 years of, of bullshit. Uh, 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 and so you're gonna, you need a government, a true war on poverty to address this problem. And, he, and it doesn't have to be limited to benefiting 
black people. It could be across the board where you where you go out and give people an improved educational system, a true social safety net, startup money for entrepreneurship. I mean, and a host of other programs that actually help poor people. Most programming is benefited towards the rich. Like for instance, the unemployment benefit. You would think yeah, that's a good idea. No, that's one of the most innocent, well, it is socially good, you know, being that you give people and make people money, they spend it, and it's good for the economy, but it's the least efficient way to help a person who's lost a job and don't have any money. There's other ways to do it that would be more beneficial to people than the way that it's being done. And these things are known facts. Well, but see, here's part of the problem with that, and and again, this isn't a debate because everything that you said I agree with until you get to the unemployment part. Because I agree. If you put in social systems and you attack the war on poverty, not a black thing, not a white thing, but just as far as poverty itself, you go into impoverished areas, open computer centers, and what have you laugh. You know, you start teaching people how to code it at 10, 11 years old. I'm 1,000% for that. But the problem that you have is that when you have people that when you look to the government only, I mean, yeah, that's a good start. But some people have to take responsibility for themselves. And until we realize that as a people, and we need more of us to be, be in the community and encouraging that. That's why your program, Joe, has talked 1,000% to you for what you're trying to, to do and put together as far as working with these kids in the industry and what have you. We need more of that. And I, I encourage that 1,000%. And well, I tell you, I, I, you got my support. That's what we need. We don't need somebody basically saying that, okay, well, you know, we've been a friend, so they owe us this amount of money. That, that agree with Larry. It's not going to fly for one. But for two, even if we give the money, we don't have the training. And I say we, I'm just saying as a whole. You know, a lot of people, my wife can't even, I, I'm not going to say can't, won't balance a checkbook. But my wife handles no money in the house. I handle all of the money. And it's, it, it's sad. You know, you mentioned as far as the black man being basically displaced from the home. Yes, that is a fact. That has been an issue. But it, it, it's not all systematic. Yes, there is some systematic issues that cause that. But if we have, first of all, we have to wake up and decide that there is a problem. Because many of us are still trying to decide between the blue pill and the red pill. We don't want to make the decision. We want to start with a walk and act like there's not shit going on around us. But we know it is. <laughs> what I consider Because I'm identifying that there's a problem, 
And I'm saying personally, what do we do to fix it? Not from the third person. And I agree with you, and I, I didn't mean to cut you off. But yeah, no, we did. Yeah, we got. We have to work together, and we have to design private systems of repairing the damages in our neighborhood. If the government won't do it, then we have to collectively work together and create institutions that help our people. And that's what my Paladin Initiative is designed to do. Well, I love the program. Love it. Because I, I wish, you know, when I was growing up, I wish I had somebody to come and teach me well shit. We didn't have computers when I was growing up, but my first computer I bought when I was in college. And I was one of the fortunate ones because I was working and making money that I could afford to buy a computer at the time. Well, can I can I give it back to Larry? Because yeah, sometimes I do get a little bit fired up. But Larry why don't we, 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 why don't we build a program that teaches black kids how to code and teach them some of your knowledge of, with technology so that we can get them interested in something technological at an early age. I'll get some kids together. I have a building we can do it at. We help kids. We start when they're young. We find some adults. We teach them too. I'll get you some money. I'm going March 10th to a meeting to get funding for the college initiative. And my president already basically promised me that if I got a good program and, it, and it'll work, he'll give me some money. Listen. You know, hey, hey Maurice, Grandpa already said he'll give me, he'll give me, give me some money. Okay. I need your help, bro. This is for real. This is not a drill. March 10th, I go before the executive. I almost forgot to get out bro. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to talk to you like that. <laughs> You're good. Mm-hmm. But I love it. I mean, I, I love that idea and concept because, again, I, I, I at an early age, you know, and I came out of the projects at an early age. But you talk about culture shock, you talk about programs not being existent, in existence, and the stuff the kids have access to, to do today. I mean, that'll keep kids out of games. That'll keep kids off the street. So I'm, I'm sorry. I know the, you want to respond to Larry. Yeah, I know. I'm always into uh, helping young people and moving them forward. I'm not into um, teaching kids how to code. My, my particular opinion, opinion on coding is that... Um, Yes, yes, coders are needed, but coding can be done by anybody anywhere. You can hire a team in India to do your coding and purchase that code, and they can give it to you online. That's not something that you have to be here for. Networking is something that cannot be done remotely over the Internet. So teaching kids... Come and teach these kids with me, Larry. I don't mean to jump on. I'm jumping out of my seat. Come and teach these kids. I'm pounded on the table. Then you can, you got the skill. I got a group of kids. You asked me a question. You said I, I, I didn't answer. That's where it starts. And we set a, a model program that we can replicate in other places. And if we, if we're effective at, at helping these kids, people will fall over themselves giving us money to do it. And, but at the end of the day, it's not about being successful. It's about being a servant. So things like that are things that I'm always interested in doing. Oh, that's what I was waiting out here. And, but this is, I mean, this is a foregone conclusion. He knows this already. These are like redundant conversations. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm always interested. And I'm always... No, no, no. We had a brainstorming session. We went from, we went through a lot of emotions there. We went to, from mad to frustrated. But I think that right now, we actually have a meeting of the mind. Three <laughs> black men. That's powerful, man. You're, you're funny. But listen, no. look, look, Joe, how long have we known each other? Oh, forever. I mean, for, forever and a day, man. Listen, we, we're going to be getting AARP cards in a minute. All right? Hey, look fucked up, man. <laughs> I'm sorry for y'all lost.
Welcome to the club. <laughs> and I tell you what, young white, while you're cracking, you'll be using them. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, they work. I know. They work. I know, man. It's like it's like my father told me this morning. He's like, they they start sending them to you in a few years. You knocking on the door, and it, it just kind of hit me kind of hard how how old I am now. But well, let me just tell you this: when you when you do get it, because some people get them early. You know, I started getting notices like about 45 or so, which I was like, man, don't you can send me this shit. <laughs> so I wish I had done. Just let me give you an idea. I don't usually prepay for much of anything. Mm. You know, if it's a subscription or something like that, I'll try it out for a year. Man, when I found out what I got with my AARP card, I took five years off the rep. <laughs> what do you get with it? All right, let's see. At Dunkin' Donuts, I get a, I buy a large coffee, I get a free donut every day. I do get discounts on hotels. Um, different places give you different things. Trust mm. me, it, it's, it's like twelve dollars a year or something like that. Yeah. I will never not have this card. Oh, okay. Hey, Larry, do you think that having Maurice in the podcast added a dimension to it? Like maybe we can have a guest if Maurice don't want to do it full time, but we should have like a guest. Oh, that, oh let me tell you what we're doing, Maurice. I'm, I'm, well, right. So let me let me stop. Let me just stop the let me stop the podcast now. Hold on, let me just stop it. Go. Now you know you might have heard this podcast. You might have your opinion. I really want to hear from you. Give your your take. You know what you think about what I was talking about. What you think I was what what, what Mary was talking about, and what you think in general. Go ahead and just uh, give me a call and leave a message. Or call me and maybe I answer the phone. I don't know. But the number is uh, 216-220-1560. 216-220-1560. All right. So that's the end for uh, volume one. Once again, if you have a comment or you want to suggest a show topic or um, just want us to play your message on the next episode, Give Joe a call, 216-220-1560, 216-220-1560. To the contrary, and we'll catch you all next time.